This is Carmel Bear, and you're listening to the Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix. That level of enthusiasm out of Carmel Bear is what you should be able to expect from us tonight. Hello, everybody. It is Tuesday, November 30th, 2021. It is podcast number 90, podcast number 20 of the fourth season. It's uh, it's fucking pitch black outside, Josh, and I, you know, I'm not a fan. I'm not here for it, and I'm further west than you, so I can only imagine how much darker it is down there in the lake that is big, but it doesn't, uh, I mean, our two options for the Walter's intro is rock or happy. I don't feel like I wish we could have a sad version as well, but we don't. So I guess to avoid happiness, we'll just go with the rock. Walters, rock us in. Welcome to the Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix with your lovely hostesses, Garlic Johnson. We're gonna need to take a break here while I change my pants. And Josh Mitchell sitting here undefeated in everything I do except fantasy football. No, I'm not allowed to handle crayons. <laughs> not after last time. <laughs> not after last time. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Garlic and Josh. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hidden Oaks Overdose Football Fix Podcast. I'm one of your lovely hostesses, the Garlic Johnson. We are joined, as always, by your other lovely hostess, the Joshua Mitchell. Josh, say hi to them folk out there. Hi, folk. If you would like to chat with us about uh, anything uh, football, anything general, anything gossip, you can join our Discord. We'll be in there 24-7. Anchor.fm slash hoodpod is where you can leave us voicemails. And hiddenoaksoverdose at gmail.com is where you can uh, leave us a sneaky little email like uh, Brian did this week. Teaser. Whoa. Um, you can find out more information about us and our league at hiddenoaksoverdose.com. It's Josh's little pet project he's been working on or worked on, um, but it still exists. It's still there. We're paying for it to keep the lights on so might as well go check it out segment start times are down in the description below per use and a big shout out to caramel bear that you heard at the top of the show aka at levi Oki illustration on instagram who is responsible for all of our beautiful for oh my god josh i think i'm having a stroke who's responsible for all of our beautiful drop, drop and roll art and uh you know might be able to sneak in there for a late little christmas gift as well um if you want uh josh how are we doing today pal Oh, you know, we're doing. How are you, Gar? You know, I see you got some chit chat topics. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just, I mean, the whole world went through it. I'm doing pretty good, though, Josh. Thank you for asking. Thanksgiving happened. Uh, I was actually pretty tame Thanksgiving uh, compared to most years. On the dad's side, didn't even go to anyone's house. The me and the ranch just did uh, ribs and taters, ribs and cheesy taters. That is, and then. Uh, on Black Friday, I went out and I bought myself some games for my Switch. I've been getting back into the Switch lately. I bought myself Animal Crossing and I bought myself the newest Smash Bros. So, don't know when I'll have time to play them, but I did buy them. So, I now own them. So, that's something. How you, uh, yeah. what, what about you, Josh? You got some chit-chat topics as well. Did you have a good Thanksgiving, pal? Yeah, no, if it was, <clears throat> if this were the, uh, like the newspaper days, the headline would read, COVID, Babies, and Toasters. Mm-hmm. Um, not, nothing, nothing to do with what happened to me on Thanksgiving. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, as you can tell, I'm a little nasally, got some allergies. We took a COVID test negative, so don't have it. Um, I do still have a baby and, uh, we've been, I've been using your toaster that you gave us for the wedding. It's still going strong. Just felt like that was something that needed to be updated. So you knew. Oh, I mean, do you know that it's specifically my toaster that I gave you? Cause you got a lot of toasters, pal. You were the only one that didn't give us like a, just a two slicer. You gave us the four slicer with uh, um, kind of the reaffirming uh, pushdown. We had to test all the pushdowns on them, and yours was kind of the strongest. So 
Yours is one that withstood the test of uh, test of time, and we're still going strong on it. Oh, hell yeah, brother. Well, I'm happy I could uh, be a little part of your life, Josh. Uh, but Thanksgiving was good, though. Did you get all plump full? I believe you were down at the bunkers, right? Yep. Nope. Yeah, that's where we were. Um, it was great. Um, got to show Asher off, brought the dogs. They did well. Um, I guess the one thing that I would say is that's probably where I got my sickness because Nikita's cousins came and brought their kids, and they have eight kids. Um, there are nine kids and and so you know i went to the turkey bowl got done with that showered up sit there 10 30 thinking oh boy i have you know an hour and a half could take a nap wake up you know watch some foobal eat 11 30 rolls around those kids come in an hour and a half earlier than I, than I anticipated and it was just a whirlwind so yeah so that's what the sickness is really it's not even maybe that germs it's just that you had to be around so many people that your body is so exhausted because it just can't take it as the introvert you are that's really what's yep. got you yeah i've said it once and i've said it i'll say it again oh we need a new plague covid just happened but it needs you know we need wave three or four to come through again <sighs> josh you're you're lucky no one listens to this because that would be a hot take i think to the general populace but uh <laughs> with that we can move on shout out to brad and audio al who have joined us here uh since we've started but let's move into the Fantasy Zone, Josh, huh? What do you say? Who, who brings us the Fantasy Zone each and every week? S-K-Y-B-U-S-T-E-R-S, Skybusters. Oh, that's a beautiful little jingle, Josh. You should write jingles. Uh, what, what about any beverages or any snackages, Josh? You eating or munching? Are you drinking anything over there? Well, I came down um, stairs to start work on notes at around 4, because I like to prepare, you know, ahead of time. Yeah. And, uh... Went back up at around 4.30. My wife, my lovely wife had set out, you know, a nice drink for me. Um, she had a white cloud. I prefer to mix drinks, so I had to put that away. But she had a nice little bowl of trail mix, and she said, don't eat your Fantasy Zone snack before you get started. And as we're starting Fantasy Zone, I just got to go ahead and say I'm not chewing on that snack um, because I ate it already. Sorry, Nikita. But what I am chewing on is despair because that is exactly how my fantasy season has been going. Oh no! Well, I don't. I'm fresh out of despair, but uh, I've got a chewy protein bar, Kirkland brand. Shout out to Costco, and uh, we didn't have one last week. Well, I guess we did. It was in a bottle though, so we're back, Josh. Ooh, the nice crisp can, Arnie. Moist, love it. Um, shout out to Arnold Palmer for always sponsoring this segment and giving us so much, so much money. Josh, we uh, it's been a while in the Fantasy Zone. I believe the last time we got one was maybe, you know, four or five, maybe nah. you know, six weeks ago. Could have been not, nah. but uh, Josh, you've got mail. We got a heckin' email from none other than the only guy who emails us, Brian. Brian Knup. Uh, Josh, are you uh, ready to read such an email, or would you like me to take the honors? I could take it. I got it. Coming from none other than Mr. Skybusters himself. Hi, guys. Sorry I didn't do a live listen-in last week. I think I was cupping at the time. Anyway, thanks for the fan duel advice. Burkhead was a steal. I got too confused on the more play by Josh. There were too many mores to choose from, and I panicked. Number three, number one. A good gal. Lesson learned. Don't marry someone two weeks after college graduation after not spending time with them for four years. LOM equals 2.5. Length of marriage equals 2.5 years. I have a real problem with the algorithm and sleeper. Two weeks in a row, I was at 90% to win. Lost both. The odds of that are 9,604 to 1. It seems fishy. And the losses were by a combined 3.1 points. Gar, your audio was fine last week. What concerned me most was you going to Mexico. 
Been nice knowing you. Love the grum. Brain. Brain. Oh, I mean, Brian, it's uh, Sleeper's algorithm is just telling you how improbable it was that you keep losing. You should just, you know, play better defense or stop sucking or whatever. Um, so I, I'm very confused on why he went number three, number one. Obviously, he's referring, he's, we told him to rank his pre- previous wives. I'm not, is he saying that rank number three is wife number one? I'm very confused, but maybe that's what it is. Um, but yeah, what do you... I guess, Josh, here's what I took away when I read this email earlier today. He said our audio was fine last week. That tells me that I'm putting in way too much effort. Because obviously, I listened back to it myself. I was audible. You could hear me clearly enough. There's just a little bit of background noise. But if that was acceptable to our fans, why the fuck am I putting in, quote-unquote, all this effort every week? Like... What are, we, what are we doing here? We should go back to the fucking $20 mic you bought when we first started this thing. Why? You think we can still return these things four years later? Uh, yeah, I don't think mine has any germs on it from me sneezing into it every once in a while. Excellent. Well, you, you have any uh, anything to say about Brian's email? I'm sure you're, you're happy that he's back. Well, I, I want to say that I think that he's going his number third, his third ranked wife is was his first one. Okay. I was able to. I was glad I was able to work that out. LOM. I don't know why this lazy boomer couldn't even type out length of marriage. He had to go LOM. Like that's a that's a term people use a lot. But um, hey, I got it. <laughs> oh shit. Well, Brian, we love uh, we love hearing your emails. We appreciate you reaching out, and uh, hopefully we'll he- be hearing more from you in the future. Um, Josh, there was a, you put out a message to the Gridiron Gossip just yesterday. It seems like the Gridiron Gossip might be dying off, but I also didn't contribute, uh, just because in my mind sometimes I'm like, am I helping the conversation if I contribute early? Should I save it and let other people try and contribute? I never know what the right kind of formula is for how to maximize our engagement. So sometimes I hold back, sometimes I get right in there. But you had posed the question about dream teams. You want to go ahead and maybe restate your question, and uh, I can give you some thoughts, or you could give some of your thoughts that you were thinking when you asked it. I guess I had no thoughts because obviously the Rams are being touted as a dream team because they went out and traded away all their picks to get all these people with um, big name profiles and they still managed to lose to Green Bay, um, who is you know, known for not getting players. Um, and so I just want to know what people's thoughts on super teams were. Obviously, the Bucks were touted as one after they got all their starters back from last season and um, they're not top of the crop anymore um, as far as and injuries played a role in that. But um I was just wondering what people feel. I mean, you hear about them in basketball, even in baseball with the, out the salary cap. There used to be, you know, the Yankees used to be the team to beat, but not, I mean, I was just curious if anybody had any feelings towards it. And Jack was wondering if it was beneficial to do or if I was against teams that do it. And I just said neither. I've been wondering what others think about the idea. And that was the end of the conversation. So <laughs> pretty, pretty lively gridiron gossip this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had a response, but like I said, I was kind of holding it back. I mean, I guess I'm not against the dream team thing. I think um, if if you sit there and look at your team, it's like, would you rather have a bunch of these, you know, superstar caliber players or would you rather have, you know, fourth, fifth round guys? I mean, if, if in a vacuum you're choosing between those two, you're obviously going to choose the dream team over the non-dream team. Um, I feel like the Rams have kind of, you could argue they're betting the future, but also if they're always a competitive team it's not like they're selling high first so you know you could argue that what are they really giving up i mean who gets drafted at the end of the first round that you know tends to become superstars versus guys at the top of the first round so i'm not against the dream team concept i think it's uh 
I think a dream team player is just as likely to get injured as like a normal player, as a jag, just a guy, if you will. So, I mean, if I'm choosing between a dream team or a not dream team, I think I would choose the dream team and just hope they don't get injured. But, I mean, I still feel like the Bucks are going to be to be reckoned with this year, and the Rams aren't over yet. Obviously, things are looking shaky, but in this league, I think it's, all, it's a lot more about how you finish um, than how, uh, how you are in the middle of the season. So, I don't know. I think dream teams are fine. I don't have a problem with betting uh, or trading away the future, so to speak, to get good players now. Okie dokie. I mean, yeah, if you can draft like Green Bay and just get, you know, all pro linemen in the fourth and fifth rounds undrafted. Why doesn't everyone just do that? Yeah, it's it's like everybody out here, our old line sucks. I was like, well, just draft them in the fourth round. That's where all the all pros are. There you go. Well, that's uh, that's why Rick is always getting those picks. He's looking for the seventh round all pros, though. So maybe we'll maybe we'll get some next year. But uh, yeah, so I mean, dream teams I think are fine. Josh, it uh, looks like you graces the massive pole. Your massive pole had been hiding for a bit, but you see, somehow can see it again despite bloating from Thanksgiving. Uh, what's your massive pole saying this week? I'm just wondering which coach's seat is the hottest. And I just picked, you know, a couple of NFC North teams and a couple teams with, you know, declining records. And so Mike Zimmer, Dan Campbell, Matt Rule, and Urban Meyer were the four coaches I decided on. Um, Mike Zimmer got one vote, two votes for Matt Rule, and then one for Urban Meyer. And so it looks like not everybody that usually votes has voted, but uh, just uh, look, it looks like there's a decent spread. Um, I mostly put Mike Zimmer on there because I, I was going through the Vikings subreddit like I usually do after they lose, just to see the salt. <sighs> and uh, and and so and that was one of the things that I saw was how hot is his seat or something like that. So um, it wasn't necessarily a thoughtful one like I have had in the past. So, um, but you know I got to ease back into it. Can't just whip whip my pole back out and, uh, and flaunt it long and strong um, for everybody. I got to kind of ease my way back in. All right. I mean, that poll is massive, Josh. You do have to be very careful with it. I was going to vote Mike Zimmer, um, but then I just, my heart wouldn't let me do it. I think of the four listed, I think Matt Rule's still going to get more time. I think it's Urban Meyer's first year. And what was the third option? I don't even remember now. That wasn't Dan uh, Campbell. Yeah, and Dan, it's Dan Campbell's first year. So of those four, it's going to be Mike Zimmer for sure. Uh, I would be interested to see uh, you know, if Pete Carroll was on the list, what he'd do. I think we all know Matt Nagy's gone at the end of this year. But, I mean, Seahawks are real bad. So I'd be curious to see if, uh, if uh, Pete Carroll goes anywhere. But uh, that's enough about that, I think, Josh. We'll see, hopefully we'll get some more, uh, more votes on that massive poll of yours. Uh, not going to talk too much about it. The sleeper squads thing is still out there. If you want to do some sports betting, Josh, it looks like you have not won a contest yet because you stink. I've won four contests. I'm cash flow positive, a full twenty three dollars. It's. Uh, do you think the sleeper squads is worth people's time, or do you think you've played? Uh, you've played your couple dollars and you're getting at. No, I'm going to stick around. I because I mean, you know, I'm going to win my money back. It's just science how gambling works <laughs> yep and so i'll probably you know t- toss down a couple more thousand dollar bets just to kind of make that overage but uh yeah i think that getting the bad ones out of the oil earlier is the right way to go 
And then just to briefly, we talked about strategy. So the if you're not you're, for those who aren't familiar with the sleeper squats, it's basically a uh, it's a parlay. So you're doing over and under parlays, and you have to do a minimum of two because that's obviously what makes it a parlay. But you could go up to five, I think. And Josh, you put out like I think a four piece and a three piece. And so far, well, there's only four of us in the group right now. But of the four people playing, only the the two leg contests have won. Do you think that's more of a fluke? Do you think the two leg contests are the only ones gonna win? That's why they pay out less or are, are you going to throw any two legs out there or do you just refuse and if you win you want to win big with those three to five legs i guess my thought process is if i'm confident enough in two players and i can find a third that i'm confident enough in i'd go three and if i could find a fourth that i'm confident in i'll go four so that's how they get you though josh <laughs> okay i know it's just you know so many shiny lights there you go. But yeah, there's a link in our Discord under the group Sleeper Squad. If it continues to have no traffic, which is perfectly fine, no one else has to come sports bet with us. I'll just get rid of the channel so it's not clearing up the Discord. But the link's in there if you'd like to join. You'll have obviously have to link up your um, your financials with Sleeper so you can bet real money. But it's in there if you're interested. Uh, thank you, Skybusters, for bringing us that Fantasy Zone. A little bit of a longer one, but we had a Brian email, and uh, you know we were talking about dream teams and a massive pulse. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, Fantasy stuff to go over, Josh. But let's keep her moving. We've got uh, we've got a Gar's Grinder, big fan favorite, huge fan favorite here, the Gar's Grinder. And uh, Josh, I started taking notes about the same time you did this week. Uh, I guess I'd st- I'd started working yesterday and I put in some effort yesterday, but the real real bulk of my effort was today about four as well. And uh, so my gar's grinder this week is going to be my gut after that Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, putting down ribs and taters was tough, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday is always a big, or at least Friday, Saturday is a big get together with my mom's side of the family. We do it every year Thanksgiving, Christmas together, and hoofda, I don't know how I'm still functioning. Um, so my guards grinder for this week was my gut after, uh, after Thanksgiving and still remaining intact some way, somehow. But let's keep her moving, Josh. We've got the podcast play along as well. Another fan favorite. Who rocked us in week 12, Josh? And why wasn't it you? Um, it wasn't me because, you know, I took a bye week myself. Uh, but it looks like Lolo Rissa with 140.62 led the, led the cream of the crap with Cody with 129.65. And then D Money with 128.82. Uh, overall standing, still got the big cushy Dave on top with 742.48. Cody with 710.18. Uh, so the top two haven't changed, but Derek snuck back into third with 701.84. Taking over Hammer's 700.9 dose. Yeah, he sneaks in over a hammer by less than a point. These, you know, razor thin margins at this point can make the difference between you getting uh you getting some money and you not getting some money. At this point, I have to believe that no way David's going to be touched. It looks like people are just fighting for second and third in my opinion. Obviously, you know, we've seen 100 we've seen 200 point performances, we've seen 100 and like 80 point performances. So it's not impossible for someone to really jump up there, but I think it's pretty dang improbable at this point. I think David is walking away with it. But, uh, you know, we're still going to sit here and try and give you some advice, Josh, because you and I are not, we're no suckers. We're here trying to win our money some, win our money back or maybe win some extra money off all these losers who are playing with us. And we're not doing too great right now, but there's still six weeks left, Josh. You and I could still end up in the money and uh, just be taking all these suckers' money because we have a podcast and they don't and we know everything there is to know. But Josh, last week it looks like we don't have our analysis. But in your in your mind, in your gut, how did Elijah Moore do against Houston? I think he had a touchdown. 
Uh, yeah, we could pretend he had a touchdown. Uh, uh, he only he scored not? 7.3 points. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and no. say that is not a stud. Um, but, uh, yeah, how did how did Rex Berkey Dirk do? Well, Josh, while I was stalling, making you talk about stuff, I was pulling it back up. I know I looked earlier today, and he did not do great. No, he had a six, he had 6.9 points, Josh. That's a 1.2 times value. I predicted him to be a stud. I would definitely not call 6.9 points a stud, even with that 57 hunch price tag. So, Brian, I mean, we clearly say uh, who the players are. You know, it's disappointing that you didn't know who all the Moors were, but we clearly say Elijah Moore, wide receiver, New York Jets. So you're just going to have to listen a little bit closer, like Josh said in the in the message. Turn that hearing aid up just a little bit further. But uh, yeah, neither of us, neither of our picks for you last week were studs, unfortunately. But have no fear, Josh. Last week was just a fluke. We're gonna we're gonna rock them this week. And I actually went with two because I had a feeling you were thinking the same thing I was. So I was like, I'm just gonna throw a second one out there. I don't want to, you know, just make Josh pick two or pick a different one because I stole his because I got the notes in first. But I got two studs. For this week josh we're getting down to the nitty-gritty so i want to give the folks all the value i can while still saving the best picks for myself so i can win this thing but stud number one brian are you listening there's a lot of williams in the league so this is stud running back jamal williams for detroit Again, he's a running back. He's only at 65 hunch somehow, even though Swift is already, you know, it's pretty much Swift is already confirmed out. They're playing against us, Minnesota. Uh, running games have been pretty successful, especially more of those shifty backs. You know, we've got some uh, beefy defensive tackles that can kind of stuff the run up the middle, but if they're just smart enough to not run at the big fat guys and go out to the side or take some, you know, quick passes or whatever, um, you know, those running backs have definitely had success against Minnesota this year. So for 65 hunch, I think Jamal Williams running back for Detroit will be a stud and also Jalen Waddle wide receiver for Miami Brian again that is Jalen Waddle wide receiver for Miami he's got a 69 hunch price tag they're playing the Giants I think since Jalen Waddle or since Tua no, since Tua has returned from his injury, Jalen Waddle's like the top five in targets in that time frame. So the dude's getting fed. That uh, Alabama connection is uh, true. And so, you know, these are two pretty decent budget guys. And uh, I think both of them are going to have big games against uh, some bad opponents. Josh, what do you think about my picks or what do you think about your picks? And why are they studs or duds? Yeah, so I've got uh, two studs as well this week because um, I agree. Jamal Williams, running back for Detroit Lions in the NFC North, running back Jamal Williams, 65 Hunch, playing Minnesota. Um, I think that that's a pretty solid pick. Um, and then uh, my next stud, um, Jamison Chowderface, wide receiver, New York Jets. Come on, um, Josh. We're for, trying to for be... Brian, for Brian, it's, you may find him listed as Jamison Crowder. C-R-O-W- Durr, wide receiver, New York Jets. He's 55 hunch, so I'm not saying, you know, trot him out there as your top player, but if you feel confident in your running backs and everybody else, and you're sitting there and you're like, oh no, I only have 56 hunch. Who's the guy that Josh had said? Oh yeah, Jamison Chowderface, aka Jamison Crowder, wide receiver, New York Jets. That's the green New York team. <laughs> Uh, there we go. That's uh, three total stud picks out of us, Brian. You're welcome. I can't wait to see you come out on top of this next contest. But, uh, yeah, it's just kind of the way she goes, Josh. The Fandle, you and I are not up top, but I think we can make it there. But that's top 10, a- boy. <laughs> I mean, there's only 20 players. I think I'm top 13. Does that Do I win a prize for top 13? 
No. Gotcha. Oh, here's another question, Josh. Just a very quick one. I'm very curious just to see what you think. So Jamal Williams obviously is playing in for the injured DeAndre Swift, and he's at 65 hunch. But then Alexander Madison, who's playing for the confirmed out Dalvin Cook, is 8,700. Is that a reflection of just gamblers trying to, you know, screw you over with Alexander Madison? Do people truly think that Alexander Madison in the Vikings offense is going to play that much better against a shitty Detroit? Or why? what's the discrepancy between that two backup running backs? being a $2,200 difference there. Well, yeah, mind. I think that... Um, I, I don't think that Detroit players get as much uh, you know, popularity. And then people just always putting disrespect on the Jamal Williams. He's out there dancing for pregame. He's a, he's a, he's a solid player. Um, so I would think that that's part of it. But let's, let's be honest, Gar. We know more than FanDuel, so... That's true. I was, I was just asking because I was thinking about putting Alexander Madison in my lineup this week, but for 87 Hunch, god damn. Might as well put in like... You Jonathan. might as well just play Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> might as well. Uh, but yeah, that was the podcast play along. Thank you to everyone who's been playing along so far. And we got six contests to go, so don't give up just yet. Josh, it's time for Josh's Joker. Who's been joking this week? Yeah, you know, you mentioned it earlier that you didn't do much prep for this. I didn't do too much either. Um, you know, I could go with, you know, some of the low hanging fruit, like, um, you know, Odell Beckham with some of the comments he made about wanting to be Ram and now they're own two with him. Um, same with Von Miller waking up seven and one. Now they're seven and four. Um, but, uh, I'm going to go with the lowest hanging of fruit and go with Kirk cousins lining up under guard. What a morning. <laughs> but in all reality, Josh's Joker is Josh's fantasy season. Oh. There's nothing positive about it. It's just one giant joke. You open up you open up the dictionary to Joker, you just see my face sitting there with a derpy ass smile, holding up my roster, thinking, I'm gonna win a game. It's not even the championship, just a game. I just wanna win one. Yeah, Josh, I did notice, so we keep our spreadsheet together, and this is going to be a longer Josh's Joker, but whatever. Um, I In the spreadsheet where we normally keep track of our you know, our fantasy season with the intellectual property of Joshua Allen, Allen Bunker Incorporated, you stopped keeping track about week six, Josh. It's, uh, are you making the playoffs in any of your leagues? No. Oh, no. Well, I guess the only one that I'm still going strong in is Guillotine, but I'm looking at my roster here, and I'm literally starting Devonta Freeman. Dalton Schultz and Brandon Ayuk with only six people left. You'd think I'd have better players than that. Nope. How don't you? That's a good question. Why is your team that bad at this point? Uh, Devontae Adams is on a bye. DeAndre Swift got hurt. Kareem Hunt got hurt and is on a bye. Josh Gordon can't leave my roster. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Okay, well, let's keep removing then, Josh. It's time for the Hidden Oaks highlights. We're only two weeks away from the playoffs, Josh, and things are finally starting to get a little bit spicy in the Hidden Oaks League. There's obviously undefeated fucking Jeremy, dude, 12-0. and It's honestly baffling to me at this point that we have a 12-0 and team. But, um, yeah, things are, things are heating up for everyone else's fantasy season except yours. Week 12, we had a side bet, Josh. The side bet was Airbud, and it went to the team that had the QB with the longest 
longest pass, the longest single pass of Week 12, and that went to Catch-22, a.k.a. Andrew Hammer, with Matthew Stafford throwing a 79-yard bomb. And uh, that's going to be a nice, cool $5 going into Andrew's bank account. I will note, Josh, I was about to be pissed because as I was doing this, as I was looking up the side bet this week, Hammer was one of the last teams, so I didn't know that Stafford had those bombs until kind of the end. I was going through just getting down all the long passes of the week. I thought Jeremy was going to win it with fucking Cam Newton. Cam Newton only had five completions on the week, but I guess one of those completions was for 64 yards. So <laughs> if Jeremy would have won with Cam Newton and him being 12-0, I think I would have just not given it to him and just ended the league right there, just disbanded the whole thing. So Makes sense. I'd, I'd allow that. Cam Newton was also my guillotine starting quarterback this week, so how the hell did I make it through that? Um, yeah, no, I, I see the little chart you put up there. Um, I, I do. I'm sorry, but I get a little bit of a giggle every single time I look at that very bottom. <laughs> um, <laughs> you'd think, you know, hey, you know, this is just the ball don't lie. You sit here trying to change all the rules on people and the side bet gods are like, nah, 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 buddy. I only changed the rules without democracy once, Josh. And I think it was before side bets were even a thing, if memory serves. I don't I can't say yeah, that for something sure. Like that. But no, I, I put these up here just to point out the side bets have actually been very spread out this year. So obviously there's gonna be fourteen side bets because there's fourteen regular weeks. And we have um, eleven different winners. Willie's the only person to have won two side bets. Otherwise it's just me, you and Jesse who have not won a side bet this year. So everyone else has got at least five dollars from the side bet. So definitely a lot of uh Equal distribution coming out of the side bets this year. And I have confidence in my team putting up 0.7 every single player. So just a little teaser for the upcoming <laughs> side bet. Right. Um, but Bradley's here, so I suppose Bradley would be upset if we didn't celebrate the fact that he was the blowout this week over Derek. Over the hill, beat straight cash, homie. 132.15 to um, Derek's 79.15. That's a 53-point difference. Why? Why are you? Why is it Asher's blowout, Josh? Um, Asher has now been sponsoring the uh, the Hidden Oaks highlights blowout segment since he is um, he is capable of legitimate blowouts um, on a daily basis. Dang, dude. All right, well, shout out to Asher for sponsoring the Hidden Oaks Highlights Blowouts, blowing out all them diapers he's got. And then the nail-biter this week, Josh, was uh, you were involved, and you always talk about how T in our blowouts and uh, our nail-biters because that's hilarious. Well, Josh, I don't know how hilarious you think it is because that's hilarious beat Send Me Swiftly to the Mooney, 78.35 to 71.85. You lost to T by a 6.5 differential. Does it fucking sting? Are you in pain? knowing you lost to T of all people? Yeah, mostly because his quarterback put up 29 of his 78 points. And, I mean, I think I texted you on Thursday, like, why do all my players keep getting hurt? Because DeAndre Swift, hurt. Darren Waller, hurt. Um, And so I just about thought about benching the rest of my team so they'd not get hurt. But, you know, whatever. I've given up. Um, I guess if we we could transition into the... uh, Oh, never mind. You have playoff scenarios on the bottom there already, so I won't transition into that. But to keep things moving, since we do have a little bit of a longer show going so far, um, the highs and the lows. um, We already mentioned Jeremy Sarton, Cam Newton, still winning, being 12-0, but Cam Newton is our lowest-scoring quarterback with 7.1. Then we got Latavius Murray and Kareem Hunt for running backs with 1.4 and 2. Cortland Sutton and Jameson Chowderface with uh, 3.7 and 1.5 points. 
Uh, Tyler Higby with 1.3. DK Metcalf in the flex with 2.3 points. And then the lowest scoring defense was the Titans with negative dose. That's two, you American scum. And then Randy Bullock was the lowest scoring kicker with negative one. Having that roster would have gotten you a solid 16.3 points. Um, and also just means that you had horrible luck drafting. Um, moving on to the highs, Brad with a high with Aaron Rodgers, 29.35, a solid 0.05 points higher than Josh Allen. Sorry, Gar. Uh, <laughs> Leonard, Fournette, Leonard Fournette and Joe Mixon and Brian's lineup with 44.1 and 32.4, or 32.3 were our top running backs. Jesus, Brian. Uh, the Penguin Waddler herself, Nikita, had Jalen Waddle uh, put up 28.7, and then Adam Thielen with 23.2 were the top two wide receivers. Gronk in Jesse's lineup, uh, the IQ brothers, um, he was the highest scoring tight end with 19.3. Um, and then T. Higgins in your lineup was a leading flex with 23.4. Three-way tie at 12 points. I didn't even bother putting the owners in, but New England, Baltimore, and Green Bay defenses. And then Daniel Carlson with 21 points was a leading kicker. That roster would have gotten you 233.35 points. Yeah, definitely a possible roster as you look at it. It's not too top-heavy, but there's a lot of like middle talent. So if, if anyone would have drafted this roster, you would have had to have been reaching a lot, I think, in the beginning, the first couple of rounds, and then you could have finished it off. Like, Mixon would have been the first-round pick, and then, what, Thielen, Thielen. after that? Yeah, so yeah. interesting. Definitely a possible lineup, but a very unlikely one, I think. Thielen, um, Fournette, Waddle, Rogers, Higgins, Gronk. Just like that. Um, yep. Moving on to week 13, Josh. We have a side bet going here. It's the Lucky Sevens, and this just might be my time, Josh, because I happen to work at a casino, so, you know, Lucky Sevens should be uh, should be all up my alley, but this is going to be the team with the most... No- Can you please stop moving around and highlighting early, Josh? I'm trying to read this. <laughs> this is the team with the most number of sevens in their player scores and their team points. So this would be if Gronk got you 1.7 points. This would be if your team scored... 177.76 so it's not seven receptions it's not 70 yards it's the scores themselves so whatever your player scores are and your overall team score you know your your fantasy score the number of sevens you have and all of that that uh, the p- person with the most sevens is going to win the side bet this week so definitely a different one um you're not necessarily rooting for a good or a bad performance at any one, but you're just, this is pure luck, really. Just the most number of sevens appearing. So I think yeah, got- I'm going to put up 777.7 points this week. <clears throat> it's definitely possible. Um, but yeah, so that's the side bet this week. Obviously, the decimals are included. Josh, um, we don't, I think we can talk less about the blowouts and the nail biters since we also want to talk about the playoff scenarios. Um, but we can kind of wrap them in together. Kind of looking at our standings right now, Josh, I mean, it looks like we finally do have three teams that are officially eliminated. And, you know, I could argue that you're eliminated, but you're not technically yet. I haven't looked at the schedule. I don't know that for sure. But for sure, three eliminated teams, but a lot of five and seven teams here. We have. One, two, three, four, five. We have five different five and seven teams, and they are all currently fighting for that last playoff spot. Someone could overtake Brad as well, but I think that's less likely. So five teams fighting for a last playoff spot. What do you think is most likely to happen based on what you know about these teams? Yeah. Um, well, most likely to happen is that I'm going to get disappointed and finish five and nine. Um, but uh, yeah, it, I did see that this morning was kind of like, huh, that's interesting. Didn't realize that I was still actually in the playoff hunt somewhat, even if it is a low percentage. 
Um, but I do have Jamie this week. Um, doesn't help that half my team is hurt to run a bye. So um, Jamie gets an easy win there. I think that uh, I think I think we're going to see Jamie in the playoffs, and Eric's going to fall out. Um, but then the top six as they are with Jeremy, Nikita, Brian, you, Jesse, and Brad, I think they're going to stay. So I think Jamie's going to shock some people now that Mahomes is starting to play a little bit better. Um, she has Cup. Um, and then, yeah, she only needs those two because the rest <laughs> of us suck. Right, yeah, I mean, it's, Bradley is 6-6. Six and six. He's in that sixth spot, but Bradley definitely has uh, more points for than kind of anyone else in that race. So as long as Bradley doesn't put up, like, you know, a 30-point week, Bradley, even if he ends up tying with a lot of these 5-7 and seven teams, he should be able to take that points for tiebreaker. So it, I don't know if I want to pick Jamie. I mean, obviously, Garrett's been hurt ever since Derrick Henry went down. Maybe, that, maybe he hasn't won a game since then. I'm too lazy to look at his streak, but now I'm looking. He's lost three in a row, so he, he snuck one in there. Hammer also or not hammer but uh, eric also on the schneid hammer or god damn it eric has lost uh three in a row as well so it's getting tough out there it's getting it's getting hard out there for some pimps josh i finally was able to take down your wife though so she's uh she's pretty secure in her seed or in uh, her playoff uh birth i mean but uh brian might be able to pass up your wife depending on how these last two weeks shake out only the top team gets the buy though and Jeremy has already secured his buy. So Jeremy pretty much has three buys. If he wants to think about it that way, Jeremy could, if he so chooses, try and manipulate the standings to get someone else in the playoffs. But Jeremy, you've got three free weeks being 12-0. and 0. Enjoy it, I guess. But um, Josh, we, we like to do the Hunger Game bit, and we do have, uh, like we talked about earlier, we do have some teams eliminated. So let's go ahead and respect those teams real quick. And uh, I know we're going longer than usual, but we don't have a medical minute this week, so we can make up some time there. At this time, we would like to respect all our fallen comrades who have died in these Hunger Games. First, catch 22, Andrew Hammer. Nerd. Street cash homie, Derek Schultz. Hot chub time machine, Wilbert Schultz. The cannon was very quiet, so I'll have to work on that for next week, but I'll just play it one more time just so just so the people know. But yeah, shout out to those three teams who have already fallen. They're trying to avoid the dumpster fire medallion, or if they win that constellation bracket, I think they'd take home 20, 25 bucks. So they're not completely dead yet, but it's interesting to me to see both Schultz brothers already eliminated from playoff contention. This year is just not their year. Um, I'm looking at the ESPN page. I just looked and saw that Willie has 1,622 points against him. <laughs> is that a lot? Ishi. What's What's the next highest? Like 15-something. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, 80-point 80, 80 uh, buffer there between him and Jamie. That is tough. But also that explains why Jamie's doing so poorly. She is, she's the second most points against, so she's she's trying everything she can. Jeremy, obviously, the most points for being 12-0. and 0. But, Josh, I think that's enough for the Hidden Oaks highlights. We can keep her moving here. Uh, we will mention the medical minute, as I feel like we are legally obligated to because Dr. Jamie Hammer so generous with her time. But we don't really have one this week. I just wrote down... You could talk about it briefly because I wasn't at the Turkey Bowl, Josh. But um, as you, someone who was in Hosa and was uh, potentially going to be a part-time dentist in a strip mall, what does your recovery look like? Obviously, you were out playing football on uh, Thanksgiving morning, and I can only imagine that uh, every muscle and every bone in your body is sore. So how do you how do you recover from such uh, 
um, strenuous activity. Yeah, well, when you hit the big 3-0, recovery time actually starts before you start any activity um, because you got to get into the right mindset. So I started training for the Turkey Bowl probably about as early as anyone my age should start training. And so that was about two days before. And I got to say that uh, it definitely, definitely impacted my performance. I was... I was probably at 50% the entire time, but uh, coming out of it, I was only at 49%. So I only managed to use up 1% of my overall kind of like uh, durability. Um, I'm still recovering. I, I anticipate that the recovery will last until about, uh, oh, I don't know, November 15th of 2022. So, um, but, you know, it varies from person to person. So somebody like Walter's, um, who is 40, um, acts like he's 50 and, and smells like he's 70, probably, you know, is recovering from the Turkey Bowl three years ago still. So, yeah. Makes sense. Well, shout out to the Medical Minute. Shout out to Dr. Jamie Hammer. I know she, just based on the work pattern I've seen on her, I know she likes to work on these over the weekend generally. And obviously, I don't know if you know this, Josh, it was a holiday weekend. So I'm sure what? that worked into her time to work on it. I'm sure she was getting drunk with her brother Jesse instead, unless she was delivering babies or something. But um, if Jesse was around, he was definitely trying to put every liquor drink he could into his sister. But uh, yeah, if you'd like uh, any other Medical Minute topics before the season's over, we've got a couple weeks left. Don't be afraid to throw something in the Discord, and Dr. Jamie Hammer will potentially talk about it and stuffs. So with that, Josh, we'll get right into the fave Favre. And I see that Brian and Al have called in. Jesse and Brad, who are listening, have not. Um, you could, it's still possible if you wanted to. The topic this week is games that get heated. Obviously, it's pretty last second, so you also don't have to. But I assume Jesse and Brad, who have played a lot of games in their life, definitely could rattle off a fave Favre off the top of their head. But it is pretty last second. Um, but Josh, since, we're, since I threw that out there, we'll just give them a sec just in case. What were you thinking about this week? Because you were putting together your, you know, Faye Favre uh, games that get heated. Uh, I don't know. Just, um, yeah, games. <laughs> Do you just have a stroke yourself, Josh? Are you okay? Yeah. Well, Jesse chimed in a couple times, and I was trying to read what he said the first in his first message, but you know, words are hard for him. And so it Words are hard for all of us, Josh. Yeah, apparently. No, I thought about games that, you know, I've actually gotten heated. Um, and then I tried to, and I, I incorporated, you know, board games, video games, um, card games, real life games, fake yeah, games. Yard games, yeah. Yeah, so talked, got, got, kind of got a variety. I didn't get a lot because one of my things is I try not, believe it or not, I try not to get heated in competitions. Um, like softball, you? I'm probably the least competitive person on the team. Um, and, and so it, I just try to, you know, try to have fun with everything, but you know, occasionally it gets heated, but I, once in a while, I don't consider it a game that gets me heated a lot. Um, so yeah, there's some criteria and, and I'll go into it. This is definitely one of those games where like, take, like the top 10 are pretty close together. Um, whereas, you know, some of the other ones, there's a huge gap between the Fave Favre and the top 10. Interesting. Okay, well, I stalled a bit there, and uh, we do have a couple fan submissions this week. We have a fan submission from Al, and we have a fan submission from Brian. Definitely going to give Brian the fan walk-off shot this week because we gave it to Al last week, and because Brian never likes to let us forget about his fave Favre outside. Um, he always talked about how he played outside as a kid, so 
Let's see if uh, he's got that competitive spirit. But first, we'll hear from Al and Al's fave Favre heated game. So, got to turn this volume up, otherwise Al will be whispering. We'll see if he sounds like a robot this week. Here we go for Audio Al. What's up, guys? Audio Al here with the fave Favre of games that get heated. Number four, we'll go with any NBA game that Miami plays in. A lot of heat in that matchup. <laughs> uh, number three, we'll go with... Uh, Madden. I've ruffled a lot of feathers in that game. I'm pretty sure Jay Frank uh, Rage quit the franchise because I beat him 10 years ago. Uh, number two, we'll go with any bad beat that you bet on. So, like, I bet on the Wolves last night, minus three. Bad beat because the other team scored with .4 seconds left. Guy behind me had the same bet. Threw his Mike Nikes against the wall. Mike Nikes everywhere. Pretty heated. <laughs> and then number one, Free candy. we'll go with... Uh, the Summer Games, Summer Olympic Games. Just from a Delta T standpoint, you go you go from the Winter Olympic Games to the summer, that's 90 to 100 degrees change, depending on where it's located. It's just insane. It's got to be number one. Wow. Al, they're really dropping some knowledge. The Delta T, huh? Jeez, Al, making me feel like a dumbie again. But uh, what is, that, uh, is that your cousin when he gets COVID? <laughs> That's that, that could be a different form of Delta T for sure. But uh, what do you think, Josh? Obviously, Miami Heat, good little joke in there. Mike and Ike's everywhere. I think I'd be – I love Mike and Ike, so I'd probably be James yeah, Woods from Family Guy going, ooh, piece of candy the whole time trying to pick up every fucking Mike and Ike. But, right? Uh, Five-second rule. Get a vacuum cleaner. I, probably the realest one was Madden. Uh, Josh, you, you get heated a lot in Madden or historically uh, have No, you? I don't think so. No, I, I think that Madden's pretty low-key. All right. Well, thank you, Al, for your list. And now we've got, uh, you know, legendary Brian, his uh, fave farf outside or whatever he's got going on. Let's hear. Let's hear. The can. Stick and hoop. We we had to share the rock. All right. Let's hear from Brian. This is Brian with my fave farf games that get you heated. Number five Vikings Conference Championship Games. Since last making the Super Bowl in 1976, the Vikings are 0-6 in conference championship games. Number three, Minnesota Wild playoff games. They have a combined record of 30-54 and 54 in the playoffs for a paltry winning percentage of 36%. Number two, Timberwolves playoff games. The Timberwolves have won exactly one playoff game since 2004. And my number one game that gets me heated is Twins playoff games. They've lost 18 in a row and have had one playoff series win since 1991. There's your Minnesota sports update. See ya. Thanks for our senior Minnesota sports correspondent, Brian. Uh, Josh, obviously you don't necessarily dabble in the Minnesota sports fandom like most Minnesota residents, but um, I know you were a baseball guy for a while, probably don't care so much about hockey or uh, basketball, but uh, do, you, do you, have you historically ever found yourself getting heated at uh, Minnesota sports teams losing in the playoffs? Uh, twins more so than anything else. Um, it's been a while since, I mean, obviously... <laughs> Timberwolves making the playoffs. That's that's one of those things. Um, I don't care about the Vikings. Um, but I, I just want to point out to Brian that we were talking about games that get you heated. Uh, we don't want to talk about games where your team gets defeated. 
Fuck off, Josh. Yeah, I don't personally care about many of those sports, obviously. I wouldn't say I get heated when I'm watching football. I get more so depressed <laughs> more often. I go, I'll go straight into sadness before I get angry. I think it's um, watching Dad, my dad, Ranch, um, Bad Brian, Dan, all those fucking hoodlums who had to fucking scream at the TV every single fucking play. Those people drove me crazy, and I told myself I could never be like that. So I go straight into depression. I am uh, on my rage as... Uh, is, is stuck inside me when I watch the Vikings lose in the playoffs. But big shout out to Brian. Appreciate you calling in for your uh, your Minnesota sports update. Josh, on a, it's- on, a br- on a bright side for Brian too, though, with Minnesota sports being how they are, you don't have to get too heated then because they're hardly in the playoffs. It seems. That's true. That's also uh, it's also part of it. Josh, I. Uh, I let you have the walk-off shot last week, but you can have it again if you feel very confident in your list. How do you feel about your Favre this week? You know, we get, we've been doing this every other, and it's been fine. Let's just keep going with that. You can have the walk-off. I'll, I'll, I'll play second fiddle. Oh, Josh. Okay. Well, then you go ahead and go first. Give these folks your uh, your honorable mention. Shout out to Nikita. Nikita usually listens to the podcast later, but it looks like Nikita has tuned in live. Maybe she, just wants, maybe she just wants Asher to hear your soothing voice while he's trying to sleep, or maybe Nikita knows that my voice hey, is Asher better is, for Asher. Asher's, but... a little, Asher's a little sick, so maybe, you know, maybe he needs to hear Dad being sick on TV, too. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, he's got the sniffles. Been a rough couple days, um, but while she's here, I really hope that the meatballs are in the oven. Hint, hint. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Love you. Jesus, um, but yeah, so going on, I'll, I'll start with my honorable mentions uh, for games that get me heated. Um, so honorable mentions, basketball at the YMCA. I don't even think it matters who you're there with. The YMCA just brings out the worst in people when they play basketball. Um, can be any gym where weightlifting has occurred ahead of time. Um, doesn't matter who's there. There's gonna get some. There's gonna be some feathers ruffled. Um, Mario Kart. I'm not as into it as you and Jesse and Brad, um, but I do know that I've I've tried to play in your guys' circuit once, and I think that what angered me the most was just how long it was. Um, another thing, um, it happened quite a bit as kids. Hasn't happened frequently, which is why, um, which is why it's on this list, and that's gonna be baseball, but specifically baseball at uh, the Fleeks House. Um, just because of all the rules that were put in place to make sure that they succeeded and we did not uh, by Jeff. And so baseball at the Fleeks was always kind of an angering issue. Um, And then Monopoly with Nate um, was always kind of angry because I didn't like the fact that you could trade real money um, for fake pieces when it comes to Monopoly at Nate's house. Um, Or, you know, just Monopoly in general on the Xbox because for whatever god-awful reason, I always land in jail and can't buy any properties and everyone else is having the time of their life. I'm paying taxes out the ass, and they're out there buying boardwalks. And load but, your tax uh, out the ass. So, but then to start my list, it's a game that we all know, we all love. We've played it a handful of times within the past year, and I'd love to play it again because I just feel like I need to get some anger out. And that is Uno on the Xbox. I don't know what kind of algorithm that game has put in place, but let's face it. It is set up so everyone loses. Nobody wins when you play Uno on the Xbox. 
You know, Josh, I can't disagree with that. Uh, that's a great number five, though. I got some honorable mentions. Let's throw them out quickly because uh, we got like you know seven minutes here. I got COD. COD has just historically gotten me heated. I've chilled out, though, over the years. Dealer's Choice, back when uh, young kids are gambling their literal life savings. That's going to be tough. And uh, there have been some bad beats over the years. We'll put it out there. Uh, Ghost in the Graveyard. or you know, I could have just put Night Games, but I think Ghost in the Graveyard came most to my mind because you never really got heated in sardines. It was more of a hiding game, but like all the oxen free ghost in the graveyard, whatever, those would get heated. Cornhole, if you're paying against uh, my Uncle Jim. Madden, of course, we have a long Madden history. Uh, dodgeball, I wrote down specifically Dodgeball at Northdale. I feel like compared to Madison, uh, playing Dodgeball in middle school at Northdale was just uh obnoxious for whatever reason at least in my experience and then i didn't make my list maybe this will upset josh or uh, will upset brad or jesse but mario kart did not make my list obviously i can get very pissed off at that game um you know when i'm you know winning you know i'm sitting there in first place in the third lap and uh that blue shell comes out and fucks me in the ass right at the end but um i think again comparing mario kart to football i will go more into depression for mario kart than uh than anger so it made my honorable mentions but not my fate far but uh I've been rambling here, Josh. I've got the same number five as you. I went with Uno. Played a lot of Uno as a kid on the cards. Now playing uh, now playing Uno on the Xbox with you and T and whoever else. Brad gets in there sometimes. But that, like you said, there's no winners in that game. There's only losers in Uno. And especially when we're playing on the Rabbids deck or we're playing on the, you know, the seven swaps and the, you know, you can switch hands or you rotate hands. That shit gets intense. So my fave five uh, would be Uno. Yeah, we need to start that trend up again. Um, very nice. Um, I'm going to go on to my number three, which happens to be a game that uh, I'm, I'm surprised didn't make your fave far, but it made your honorable mentions. That is Madden. Um, specifically Madden during the Madden Championship Mega Bowl era. Yep. After that, when we just did franchises, it wasn't necessarily maddening so much because we just did lose-offs, which were hilarious in my mind. Um, but it's literally in the name of the game madden and so you know you get mad playing it and and the number of times that that game created rifts between us for no reason at all um is just in you know it nothing will pass that um i get i think that if i were to pick out a specific era it was when the read option was the go-to play and john coon would run for 400 yards in a 15 uh 15 minute quarter game so that's gonna be i think madden like 25 madden 16 or whatever um somewhere in that region um that was the most maddening time because there were just plays that were cheesed and could not get stopped yeah dude man there during our when we had the when we had the madden league going between all of us that was pretty intense times but i think to me i didn't put it on my fave far because i thought a lot of the the heat was actually came just from our i mean you could say the source of it was madden but i would say the ultimate source the root of the problem was our <laughs> emotional immaturity and just being fucking stupid as shit so that's right why I didn't yeah put it no the list. game itself probably the game itself what's maddening about it now is the fact that it hasn't progressed other than maybe graphics wise in the last five years um and so that's what's maddening about it but yeah the 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 game the immaturity the mental immaturity that surrounded the game itself um is what was maddening about it which is why it was number trace on my list right yeah and i stopped supporting them with my dollars a couple years ago so nothing will ever change but i can say i did my part my number three though josh because we do got to pick it up just a little bit we've played a lot of this jesse and brad have been involved um you know you and i and nate we did a big thing once jamie was even there 
This is going to be Castle Risk. It's a pretty intense game when it comes down to Nate. You've got your hidden spoils. You're trying to cut deals and let's attack. Let's build this alliance. Let's take down fucking Norway. Whatever we're doing, dude. Castle Risk can be fucking nuts. You're dropping diplomats, dropping admirals and generals and all these other marshals, all this other shit. Castle Risk, uh, we definitely had some heated games over the years, so I put that down as my number tray. Yep, that was an honorable mention that I'd forgotten to read off, um, was Risk with the Risk Championship, I guess, is kind of the one. Um, good good pick there. Moving on to number two, um, I've got kind of, it's a 2A and then 2B, um, and so it's Mario Party 2, specifically Honeycomb Havoc. You know what? You can go ahead and say, screw that game mode. Anytime that thing came up, I knew that I was going to get shafted because someone, most likely the computer-operated Peach, was going to go two when all she had to do was go one, and I would be fine. But then, no, she goes two, so she gets the coin, and I'm sitting there eating the honeycomb, getting stung by bees, and eliminated. Screw you, Peach. I wanted those ten coins. I needed those ten coins. I hate honeycomb havoc. Huh? Yeah, dude, Honeycomb Havoc. That could certainly probably the most infuriating mini game in all of Mario Party Two, no question about it. But I like that number two, Josh. My number two is a game I won't go on about because I haven't really played it with anyone in this group so much. Um, but I play it with my family regularly. This is going to be One Night Ultimate Werewolf. And just very briefly for those not familiar, Ooh, good game. Yeah, there's ga- there's werewolves at night, and uh, you know this isn't the big werewolves game where you there's multiple nights and you're killing people off and on. It's just one night, and there's different people of different roles. You're trying to figure out who the fuck's lying. And uh, this game, Josh, this game gets fucking heated with my family. Everyone's uh, accusing everyone of lying 24-7. It's just really great bonding experience. A great way to get your family closer. So One Night Ultimate Werewolf. I've had a lot and a lot of heated games um, just in the past couple years especially. We were just playing it this weekend, in fact. So that's my number two is One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Josh, you're number one. Going back to my number two with Mario Party 2. I just want to go ahead and point out that I do still remember the reason it's number two on my list because there there are times where you get someone like Nate or Brad who just gets so freaking lucky they find a hidden star after getting a star. So on turn two, they're sitting there with two stars. So, yep, just wanted to point that out. Um, but my number one, it's a game we all know and love. If you're listening to this show, we've talked about it multiple weeks. It is fantasy football. I may get heated. I may get sad. I may get happy. But in the end, no matter how happy I get, I'm always going to be upset because I could have done better. This season has been all sad and mad, and I can't tell you the number of nights that I've laid in bed staring at the ceiling going, how the hell did he only score 2.7 points when I needed him to get 2.9? And let me tell you, Gar, if I had to tell you what took life off my body... It's not drugs or alcohol. It's fantasy football. <laughs> that's that's a great. I would live to, I would live to be two hundred and fifty if I didn't play this stupid game. But nope, I play it, so I'm gonna live to be forty five. Oh man! Well, Josh, if you're living until forty five, you're gonna beat me by at least ten years. So you got that going for you. But uh, we gotta get out of here. But my number one, Josh, uh, we're going with Monopoly. I had to do it. Obviously, Dane Cook inspired. I put the you know the Dane Cook joke in the at everyone message earlier today. Where the fuck? 
Why the fuck is Nate always cheating at the banker? Where the fuck did Grandma get those pink 50s, you fucking cheating whore? Had to use that little iron. I'm going to cut your head off with this little fucking doggy. Um, we've had a lot of rough Monopoly games in person, probably at the Morset household, and then we've kind of reinvigorated that over the Xbox in the last couple years. But uh, my number one heated game is Monopoly. It's a classic. It's bullshit. People are making deals they shouldn't. That's my number one, Josh. Uh, go ahead and say go Packers. You can uh, hit us up on the Discord, anchor.fm slash hoodpot, or hit notes over to at gmail.com josh tell them go pack us so we can play the music and get out of you go lions go lions packers are are on a bye oh well still maybe they'll lose to the bye goodbye everybody hey guard you want to play some monopoly (laughs) not at this second all right good i gotta go eat some balls well enjoy your balls josh go pack us Oh, I didn't even tease the Fave Far for next week. Brian, I see, I, see, I see you're still here, Brian. The Fave Far for next week is candy. So go ahead, write that down. I'll put it in the Discord, too, after the show. But the Fave Far for next week is candy. Josh, would you so happily zest in my chest? Am I zesting just be me chewing my food because I can't wait to eat my fantasies on snack? Jesus. Boom and go!